Hello, everyone. My name is Amanda Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And today's guest is Emmanuel Anthony. He is a researcher, writer, teacher, inspirational speaker, and consultant who works one-on-one -on -one and on many to assist human beings globally to overcome mental disorders, common challenges, achieve their goals, expand human awareness, maximize human potential, gain clarity on their mission, and lead highly inspiring lives with all areas of life. He has served thousands of clients over the past 11 years, and his teachings have been shared online, radio, television, and through workshops and speaking engagements. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, what time have you got over there? Uh, 3.15. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> I've got a 9.15 here, so <laughs> got to love the global clock. Um, it's, it's as my mentor, Dr. John Martini, once said to me, the beautiful thing about the internet is wherever you are listening to this, the time is here and now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you're in Australia, right? Correct. Uh, Sydney, Australia. Um, and uh, it's considering the lockdowns in our neighboring suburb, Melbourne, um, or neighboring uh, town, as you could say, um, state, they are, they've just locked down for what could be another couple of weeks, but um, we've got beautiful weather outside and we're able to go out and do things quite normally. So very grateful today. Yeah, that's wonderful. I can't, I don't think they would ever lock us down in the U.S., <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very excited to get back to the US. I went there with my fiance, I think it was four or five years ago, um, landed in LA, went to Pasadena, um, then spent some time in New York, Miami, uh, Vegas, and it was, um, I think there's a couple of other places, but it's culturally so different. I couldn't believe even in New York, you could go from one block to another and there was a different feel. Uh, you could catch a plane one hour to somewhere else and there was a completely different um, cultural hotspot, but it was, it was beautiful. I absolutely loved it. Um, can't wait to get back and uh, experience some more of the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. is quite different wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, but gorgeous. Absolutely amazing. Well, it's beautiful for a human behavioral specialist like myself to discover the different parts of humanity and how that's expressed. So what does that exactly mean? So the human behavioral specialist part? Yeah. Yeah. So um, approximately about 11 years ago, I started a journey, well, I'd say even before that, but um, studying human behavior. And that journey led me, uh, I like to, we like to joke and say $325,000 later, but, uh, <laughs> for a range of different disciplines and studies and mentors. And the major things that I wanted to find out was how could we achieve the goals that are most inspiring and fulfilling to us? And how could we do that in a faster time frame? Because we can see people within our networks that are climbing up, whether it's the corporate ladder um, or whatever's most meaningful and inspiring to them. And they do it so quickly. Like in a year later, you go, how did they get from starting to there? Then a year later, you go, well, now these guys are experts within the field. So I wanted to find out how could I drastically improve the probability of achieving my goals? And then from doing that, I realized that there were seven areas of life yeah, and that as you tried to master one area of life, say financial and vocational, if you didn't look after the others, physical and mental um, specifically, or you weren't highly inspired and fulfilled by what you were doing, you'd have disease, the body not at ease and disorder. The body would have a lot of um, feelings of not being in order and symptoms and symptomology to express that. So I added that to the repertoire as well as I continued my learning. 
And then from there, uh, I realized that out of the seven areas, whenever you're not mastering one or a couple of areas, you attract major challenges. So the degree that you run away from it, you keep running into it. (laughs) So I then started to have a look at the mastery at all seven areas. And that led me to working with hundreds of clients of depression and anxiety um, and a lot of other things that I originally went in for. And we started to discover a quantum equilibrium in my company um, that in many of these cases, people were over-medicated. So that led me down a path of continuing to study um, on a yearly basis basis now uh, and working with clients one-on-one and one-on-many to help them create results in their life. So we help clients understand human behavior, the way that the body works, symptomology, get results in what they're experiencing, uh, but then also have enough of an understanding to be able to manage their lives in the future and continue to maintain a high level of results. That's awesome. So is, um, so symptomology, um, what does that mean? Because most people don't know what that means. Yeah, so symptomology can go into a range of different things. Um, the way we like to communicate it is understanding the feedback of the body. Right. Um, in in today's society, we have such an interesting perspective on what is happening with the body. It's always what's wrong with it. How do I fix it? Right. Um, in, instead of looking at this thing and saying the intelligence that created the body is so profound that we could get all the Nobel Prize winners into one room and they can't tell you how the human cell works. They can't even tell you the human brain 100% works because there's a complexity in that that scientists have been studying for a long time that they say is about as complex as the universe um, and the components that put that together. So why is there such a sophisticated thing running the human body? So quite often what people mistaken for what's wrong with them, they'll then look for quick fixes instead of understanding how to resolve that. So anything from um, depression or anxiety or feeling down, um, bipolar, all of these things are symptoms and they're symptoms of perception. So the minute that a person or even just the starting point, not feeling okay, not feeling congruent, not feeling aligned, these are all feedbacks. And the minute that a person understands what each one of those feedbacks specifically are, what it is they can do to bring their body back into balance and equilibrium, those things stop occupying time and space in the mind. And there's no need in many cases to put very powerful drugs into the body that are going to create more damage and drug addictions on top of what a person's experiencing. So do you, do you find a lot of people, how many medications are usually people on when they come to you? In Australia, not as much as what um, I see in America. Yeah. Um, the culture in America is very different. I mean, it was something that even when my fiance and I went to America and we put the TV on, I was excited to see, you know, this is the one country that has so many channels and so many different <laughs> forms yeah. of entertainment. Right. And I felt like no matter what channel I put it on, there would be at least six drug ads um, in every run of ads or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. And in Australia, you're not allowed to do that. Um, I believe it's uh, it's against the law for pharmaceutical companies um, to be advertising um, and that openly. I think they can have ads and things, but it has to be more of potentially billboards, but it can't be as open as it was in America. So I find over here, a person will probably be on one thing um, from their psychologist, I mean, psychiatrist or doctor. Uh, but when I speak to people in America, it's usually quite a different experience because of the drug culture and the acceptance of pharmaceuticals is in a very different place. Um, but I still... My thing is, I said, there's, there's nothing wrong with taking pharmaceuticals 
in the right place. Everything has its time and place. I've right. almost died eight times. Um, and at times when I've almost died and been operated on, uh, there was no amount of meditation that was going to save me in those moments. Right. <laughs> they needed to cut me up and open me up immediately. Right. I couldn't breathe. I'd pop my lungs. So that was a, a great wow. understanding of use um, of pharmaceuticals. But the problem is that our mainstream has gone into abuse. It's the first solution instead of being uh, something that's a little later down the track and having a look at things that are a lot more natural that would assist you in um, making sure that you keep the well-being, wellness of the body. Um, you know, seeing naturopaths, speaking to people that have much more alternative methods that are not as harsh on the body. Yeah, like I was totally. They said, "Well, you have fibromyalgia. We're going to put you on the medications." And luckily, I didn't feel right on the medications. So I only lasted a couple of days and that's mm. how it is in America. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just the model. I think sometimes what people forget is, and once again, I, I say to them, I am, I'm not saying that evil model is right or wrong. No. It's up to us to have the wisdom to understand who we're going to. So if we have a look at the pharmaceutical companies or a doctor um, or a psychiatrist, they're not good or bad people. No. They're like shops and each shop that you go to has specific things that they sell. There may be some shops that try and sell a multitude of things like a $2 shop, but every shop is, is pretty specific. So I can't walk into Nike and go in and get my vegetables and groceries for the week <laughs> because that's not what they sell. So sometimes when people are going to a doctor, they're expecting to get some kind of wellness in the terms of nutrition or food or things like that, but they haven't taken the time to realize they're at the wrong shop. The doctors haven't studied that. There's a very small proportion of the units of what they study um, within that time. And I've spoken closely to doctors about that. Um, so that's not the shop that they're going to. If a person goes to a psychiatrist and they're expecting to have some kind of balanced treatment, I know lots of modalities to do that, but that's not the place to do that. They're there to treat a symptom. Um, the pharmaceutical company um, helps align with that. They pay for a lot of the education. It's not good or bad. They're advancing the area that they study and they want people to grow in. But I think people have got to get a lot wiser about that. We can't just blame, not saying that you or I are, but a lot of people blame drunk companies, et cetera. And I say, look, they only get money because they've got customers and customers keep coming because they're paying to be there. So educate yourself. I know it takes a little bit more time. I know it means you got to take certain positions like doctors off pedestals, but it's well worth the research because otherwise you can put your hands in some very risky places and a year or two years, or like some of my clients, five or 10 years later, you realize, oh, wow, I've been drugged up. I've been absolutely zonked. I've lost my partner. I've lost my relationship. My body um, and my organs are absolutely dying. Crap, now I need to go and do that study. We'll do it beforehand, have the wisdom of the ages about the aging process. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times we think that doctors have all the answers and they don't have any nutrition knowledge. So we, yeah. that and, and makes sense. I'd, I'd rather start there. So my fiance and I, we're yeah. attempting to have our first child at the moment. Right. And uh, we had a, uh, a miscarriage approximately about five months ago. And when that occurred, uh, she went and saw a gynecologist. Before that, we just tried to you know, conceive it the natural yeah. way, her and I. Yeah. And um, she researched a gynecologist, found a really nice one she felt comfortable with in the reviews and everything. And when she went to go see him, uh, he was absolutely amazing. But one of the first things he said to her was, you know, what's your approach to this? And she said, well, I, I haven't, my partner and I haven't put a pharmaceutical in our body since we've been dating. I haven't done it for 10 years, not a Panadol, nothing. Right. Um, and 
she hadn't done it for about six years. So she goes, I would like, she goes, I'm preparing my body to um, be in the healthiest place for a child. I prefer to eat organic and explained everything. So he then turned around and said, no problems at all. I'm going to give you as many natural ways as possible that I'm going to put um, pressure on your body. And then from there, if that doesn't work, then we can discuss the alternative in that. So once again, it's just coming down to researching, finding the people that align with your needs. And they're out there. There are some very amazing, well-educated doctors that have advanced their studies beyond that of what they know. They've studied um, in natural ways and um, you know they've become nutritionists on the side. They've done a range of things to allow them to have greater wisdom, not just a minimized wisdom in where they are. And when you realize that you'll go, okay, cool. I've got to make sure I hire the right people on my team for my body. And you know what? People should be doing that normally. And I think I like to, have you got a company in America called Rent-A-Bomb by any chance? Um, I've never heard of it. Okay. In Australia, we have a company called Rent-A-Bomb. It's for cars. You literally rent crappy cars. <laughs> and okay. uh, the idea, yeah. And the idea behind it is if you need a cheap car, you can right. rent a bomb. And I feel that most people are treating their bodies like renter bombs instead of Lamborghinis. They're not cautious of what they're putting into their bodies. Therefore, they've got an unrealistic expectation. I'm not going to watch what liquids I put in there. I'm going to have a lot of Coke or Pepsi or things like that. Instead right. of having a lot of water, they're not managing what goes into their minds. They're not managing their minds. So therefore, whatever you perceive of your central nervous system, the brain is going to have an impact on the autonomic nervous system, which, which is what regulates our chemicals and hormones. And if we're highly emotional um, or bipolar going between the two poles of positive or negative, um, then they create extreme emotions, which have an extreme impact on the body based on the chemicals and hormones distribution through the heart and other organs. So if we're not managing all of those things, we're treating it like a bomb. We're renting a bomb for this lifetime instead of renting a Lamborghini or something that has a lot more class and putting high quality fuels in there. And I feel that every one of us has a Lamborghini, but not everybody gives themselves permission to drive their body like one. No, we, well, at least here in America, we, a lot of us like to take the easy route. A lot of people, if you can't find the doctor that's going to help you, then you really shouldn't stick with the doctor. And that's what a lot yeah. of people do. They just stick yep. to the same one. Even though a lot of people I talk to, they're like, well, I've been on all these medications for all these years. I'm like, how's that helping you? And they're like, well, I'm this in the same place, but they don't want to try a different doctor. And your doctor's supposed to help you. <laughs> As Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and um, expecting a different result. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was very blessed growing up to have a range of different doctors. Um, yeah. And as a, a university student, I was a little cheeky. And whenever <laughs> I had to hand in work and I was running late, I just go into the doctors and get a doctor's certificate as a way to get out of it. Yeah. Um, but if I felt any sense of even slight symptomology, I would also go in there and I knew what to say to get some antibiotics and get fixed um, at the time. And yeah. That was okay, but I kept going back to hospital. The more I used pharmaceuticals, the more I ended up in the hospital system. Uh, 11 years ago, I made a decision to start health, um, healing my own body and starting to look at different ways that I could look after it. They were alternative. It's definitely a longer road, one that involves a little bit more experimentation, but the experimentation is a lot less harsher on the body because <laughs> if you're eating organic food or herbs or things like that and it doesn't work out, you're generally not going to have an extreme reaction to it. It's just not going to work um, in that. And then I research and find people that have greater wisdom in those areas. And since doing that, um, I found that I have less symptoms, less headaches. Um, I haven't had to take any um, 
pharmaceuticals in terms of antibiotics and everything, my body self heals. Sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's slower um, in the way that it does that, but it, it knows what to do intuitively. Um, I don't need something immediately and straight away. My body's communicating something. It has a reason, a meaning, and a purpose. Something that I constantly bring out to my clients. What's the reason? What's the meaning? What's the purpose? Um, for example, if you run down, doesn't mean you need 100 um, hits of caffeine. It may mean that you need to have a much more realistic expectation of your timetable and um, organize it and prioritize it in a way where you're having sufficient rest, sufficient food, sufficient exercise, doing things in all seven areas that highly inspire you and you're fulfilled by, et cetera. But um, there are much, there are a lot of other steps that um, involve uh, a lot less effort, a lot more at the start, but once you get it going and it becomes a lifestyle, you find that um, the amount of self-worth and self-power you get from doing your own research, building a network in those areas, um, it pays dividends. It'll, it'll extend your life um, by 10, 20, 30 years, if not more, by doing that. Yeah, and, and I totally agree because that's what I had to do. I ha- I've actually found a, nat- a natural path wellness chiropractor who actually tested me for food sensitivities and all that. And it takes a while to get your body back on track. But then once you do it, it just becomes common to do yeah. all. Yeah. Then you're taking care of yourself and you don't have to go to the doctor and do all of that. Yeah. I, the body is an amazing, amazing vehicle. And its number yeah. one priority is wellness and well-being. And it's automatically and intuitively doing everything that it can um, to reach that equilibrium. So the minute that you help it and give it more of a chance and boost the opportunity for, for it to do that, it's going to do everything that it can. It's only when you've really pushed it beyond a point um, where it's, you know, there is no return um, for it, where it doesn't have the ability to. But they did research and they took people that had smoked for certain periods of their life. I think it was all the way up to 30 years. And they found that the minute that those people stopped smoking, within a month, there was a drastic change and the body was repairing. And some of those people, even in the 30 years, were able to basically go back to as if they never smoked Um, in terms of the repair they were to do, uh, their body was doing over a few years. So the body wants to heal. Um, And it's this natural state to do that. But there are a few ways, there's some pillars that I speak to in my clients in my level three of my program. And I say that these are the pillars to living a highly inspiring and fulfilling life. Number one, do what you love and love what you do. There's a thing called human values. Um, And I'm not talking about honor and integrity and all of those things. I talk about values. When you're doing what you love, you have honor and integrity. When you go against your values, you procrastinate, hesitate, frustrate. So for me, my highest values, human evolution, development, and growth, creating an inspiring family, trying to have our first child with my fiance. Um, And the third one is around physical wellness and well-being these days, specifically around playing golf and um, going to the gym. So if you get me to do any one of those things, five hours feels like five minutes. I'm organized, disciplined, reliable, and focused. Nobody has to tell me to do it. And I can do it for 12 hours straight. um, And it's in my calendar and planned and organized. So I maximize human efficiency by doing that of which is highest in my values. And our values come from our voids. So anybody listening to this, if they're on, if they feel that they're on mission and they're on path, the chances are they're doing what's most valuable to them because it maximizes human neurology and physiology. Now, if you're doing the opposite of that, you're going to have symptoms where you procrastinate, hesitate, frustrate, feel drained, unorganized, undisciplined, unfocused, and um, your body feels completely out of it. So that's the first pillar. Do what you love and love what you do. doesn't mean you have to do it immediately. You may be in a career where you think, I can't just walk out and do that. That's not what I'm saying. Methodically plan 
set the action steps, slowly set your exit strategy. Might take a year, two years, a couple of years, but if you do it properly, you'll find a way to be able to make money doing what you love and love what you do in that. So that's the first thing. Do what you love, love what you do. Um, Now doing that, then from there, you want to make sure that you take all seven areas of life and create highly inspiring and fulfilling goals in every area, physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vacation, and family. I've seen people that have amazing businesses, large amounts of money, but don't look after their emotions um, and don't look after their health. Later on, they're spending all that money to try and get their health back when they've got cancers and tumors and all kinds of stuff. I've seen the opposite, people that are highly spiritual and they um, go to Bali and that's they give up all their stuff. And then later on, they've got to work for somebody else because they don't have any money. <laughs> so the key is to have mastery in all seven. And the word fulfillment means to feel full. If you only feel full one or two areas, eventually the other areas, that starts to sneak in and you have challenges in there. But if you feel full in all seven areas, then you increase the probability of having a highly fulfilling and inspiring life. And in fact, um, they've shown in studies that people that retire but don't have meaning and purpose get spontaneous diseases quicker and end up passing away faster. So um, I swear I either recommend not retiring, just continue to do what you love, or if you retire, don't let it get in the way of your work. Keep selecting goals in seven areas that are inspiring and fulfilling to you so you can give the body meaning and purpose. What you don't use, you lose. Um, and that's the way that it works with muscle and in the mind and everything else as well. Um, then the next thing that you want to do, once you've got all seven areas, you're doing what you love, loving what you do is um, making sure that one of those areas in physical health, wellness, and well-being, you're really making sure that you're watching what you put into your body in terms of food, water, everything else, but also you're maintaining and making sure that your mind is at the most balanced state that it possibly can be. Because if you do all of that, but you've got a lot of highly volatile emotions and everything, it's going to throw the whole system out. Um, And for the people that do those, they increase the probability of living highly present in the moment, fulfilling lives or setting goals in the future that most inspire them. They're inspired to take on challenges. They're highly resilient. Um, they're not avoiding them and running away from them, trying to live in a fantasy of all positive and not negative. And um, they end up truly appreciating and maximizing their body's potential. And if you do that, you minimize the probability of disease because uh, when your immune system's low, things come in and attack the body. But when your immune system's high, you'd be amazed at how well the body works. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And I want to quickly say on top of that, uh, I don't know, you guys would have a flu season um, in America where a lot of people get the cold and the flu. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So I remember I had an office. It was in a beautiful location in um, Melbourne, Australia called Turak. It's one of their wealthiest areas. Um, And the trees would touch in the center as you drove down the street. So the sun would shine through and give these beautiful beams. And as you looked on the left and right, you'd have multi-million dollar properties. Um, and somewhere around there, I had a, this beautiful office. Um, and in my office, clients would come and they'd consult with me. And it was in a tiny little space, maybe three by three meters. The office was bigger than that, but the consulting space was nice and intimate. And I'd have somebody less than a meter from my face as I worked with them from 8 a.m. in the morning, sometimes till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And during the flu season, almost everybody that came in would have a cold. After uh, a couple of months, um, people would be saying to me, I'm seeing you day in and day out. I know um, you've got clients back to back because as I walked out, somebody else walked in and uh, you haven't gotten sick yet. And I'd say my immune system's too high. Those pillars were taught to me by my mentor, Dr. John D. Martini. And as long as I have those pillars there, I find that I can sleep a little bit less and be highly energized. Um, and as long as I'm eating the right foods, I'm fueling the body. So the body's helping me and um, my immune system stays as high as it possibly can. So um, especially during these times of COVID, I think a lot of people could utilize that advice. Too many people are waiting for the uh, pharmaceutical trial drug um, to experiment with their body instead of, you know, we've had a year or so within this period 
a year of working on your immune system, oh my goodness, the things that people could have reversed and done to their bodies, it's absolutely profound. We're looking in the wrong places sometimes. Well, yeah. Do you, is it available over there? <laughs> They've done some experiments. Um, I'm, I keep seeing the headlines. Uh, so you've got the, you know, the right and the left, um, like you guys do over here um, yeah. in America. And uh, they're very opposite opinions. And I enjoy watching both of them communicate with each other. And I find that between the polarization of the two, you find the truth. Um, but one of the things we've been seeing is uh, all of the articles that um, have been printed about uh, people that are dying and having extreme effects and everything. And, uh, and the shock that some people are having. And I'm just not understanding the shock factor of this. Um, if you've studied science as long as I have, been around scientists and doctors, there's a pretty clear understanding that um, uh, the type of drugs that they're experimenting with, and I want to make sure people understand it's experimentation, um, they haven't had enough clinical trial time, um, which is the same reason why in a lot of countries, Australia is one of them, they said that there are no consequences for the companies um, that have come out with these drugs if it happens to anybody and they've signed um, the paperwork and now they've got class action suits coming against them to say, no, 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 that's not how you operate and do business. There is always a consequence and there's a safety standard. And if you're not meeting that safety standard, um, then the drug shouldn't be out on the market. Um, so there's a, there's a nice power play happening there. And I'm just watching that in the background. Yeah. Well, America, you can now get it. So. Yeah. You can get it in Australia um, as well, but yeah, it's, in it's interesting to see. Um, what's going on i won't be placing that into my body um i'm, I'm not a guinea pig uh for placing that into the hell <laughs> yeah um I, I to be honest with you even if it was completely safe i wouldn't be putting it in there anyway wow. um having a look at the science and um speaking to um the media is not my source of news um i i did about a month of it which is the first time in probably about 15 years um when covid first happened and then i'd watched little bits to keep an eye on what was happening in my state so i knew if there was anything that was um reflective of how i could do business or my movement um but i speak to well-qualified scientists within the fields um and doctors that i feel are close to me that have a greater sense of wisdom and um, when they told me the death rates and who it was happening to, um, and then they compared that to my body, they said, I have more chances of dying by probably being burnt by the sun. And I've got the most resilient skin you can imagine. So they said, no, yeah. you're fine. Yeah. I, I did it. I, I listened to it for like a month and then I was like, I can't, the media, yeah, the media doesn't tell the truth, especially in the U S so yeah no well I, I learned that a, a long time ago um i studied a subject called nlp and um went while studying neurolinguistic programming one of the things that they did in there was uh, deconstruct language and show you um how different languages had impact on the way that we saw and perceive things and you could actually write a sentence in a few different ways right. and they would completely alter even though you were saying the same thing it would alter the narrative in the way that the person reading it would actually see and perceive um, what it was that you were communicating. And I know we had studied that at year 12 in Australia, persuasive language was the actual name of the subject, but all of a sudden to see that um, and then deconstruct uh, media articles, it just blew my mind, um, the amount of manipulation that was in that. So from there, that was yeah, probably around 12 years ago, whatever, I stopped listening to the news because I realised that um, I then studied you know, who owns what in terms of um, the news very much, once again, different shops and um, Rupert Murdoch. And you find out and then what are their objectives? What are their perspectives? That's what the news is going to portray. 
that's not good or bad. If you align with those, you're probably going to want to watch that. But for me, that wasn't news. That was biased perspectives. Thank you, Emmanuel, for your time and wisdom. I will put all of your links to your social media and your website in the show notes. And audience, he's offering a free phone call for those who would like to get in contact with him. And thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love.